0: Everybody, I'm Roxy. And I'm Priska, And we are... The Two Horny Goats!
1: We're just two horny goats climbing the mountain of life, eating Asian American stereotypes for breakfast! Pew, 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 pew! pew. pew. Welcome, everybody! Beep, we are back, season two, episode ten. Yes! <laughs>
0: Wow. Oh my god. Ten. That's like a big number. That's like a double digit.
1: It is a double digit and it is two fives, (laughs) high fives. There we go.
0: I feel like that's all good luck. That's all rounded out.
1: It is great. And guess what our topic today is? Something super juicy. What is it?
0: Tell me. Something very delicious. We're talking about hands. Speaking about high fiving something.
1: <laughs> what else do you want to high five?
0: Ooh, I don't know. You tell me. What's our topic today, Roxy? Y'all,
1: we're talking about the Big M masturbation.
0: Masturbation. Hell yeah! And snap snaps. Well, snap I know that up. we've
1: talked about sex before. We've talked about orgasms before. We talked about but but this one. Like what in particular are we going to be diving into today,
0: Prisca? So I think we're going to be talking about our relationship with masturbation mm-hmm. um, and just kind of our relationships with our own bodies. What are our journey has been like and what it um you know how we can develop healthier masturbation practices so i am sorry in advance for anyone whose family's with us <laughs> 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 to all our cousins and friends and family sorry yeah
1: sorry it's gonna be super tmi but also you know this is a conversation i wish that i could have had when i was younger with somebody right. older who could have given me a safe space because i was so curious and i also yeah. felt so much shame surrounding my body and surrounding my desire for sex when I was younger and
0: where did that shame come from because you know for me I'm like I'm I grew up in the church it's kind of a pretty straightforward um shame kind of spiral but where did that where does that shame originate for you
1: I personally think that the fear of sex or like the fear of talking about female bodies comes from the patriarchy ah. and to keep women small and not acknowledging their sexual power. Yeah. And this is still something that I'm dealing with even now to this day, as I continue to learn about my relationship with myself and sex, mm. right? Mm. Um, purity culture, like we talked about, you know, in previous episodes, the ideal of the virgin, you know, all of these things to keep women sort of smaller right. in ter- and being
0: disconnected from our bodies. Mm. in our desires right disconnected is such a big word and you know obviously there's a lot of reasons why we want to do this episode but first of all rocks i want to know what have you been up to tell the people what you've been doing
1: you know it's been a while right i think our last episode went- we took a breaky break we did we took a breaky break yeah. through march april oh my god almost two months Shit. yeah
0: i know it's crazy did you miss us <laughs> I, don't miss I us? missed us. I <laughs> hope you missed us. <laughs> we missed all of
1: you. Yes.
0: And we kind of sat out um, AAPI Heritage Month. And I think there was a reason for that. I think Roxy and I, you know, we've, we've done talks during this month. We've done performances. And honestly, like, I think we were kind of telling each other, we need to practice what we preach. And if we burn ourselves out, we're not good for anybody. We're not good for the community. We're not good for the goatees. You know, we're just going to relegate ourselves to laying on the couch for days on end because we're just burnt out out so I think that was a choice for us like how did you feel making that choice Roth? I felt like it was good I mean we did do
1: a couple um, episodes for the fam app so those of you who follow us on social media knew that we were promoting three panels and we got to have three incredible panels on the fam app but also during that time I was in Toronto working on this new Eli Roth series and you saw how it was for me over there I went through some fucking crazy ass mental health shit yeah um, and a lot of challenges and you know me more than anybody like Like I came over two weeks ago and we were going to record some episodes and right when Prisca opened the door, she's like, oh, let's not record anything today. Like you could just feel it off of me, right? We just saw it in each other's faces. Yeah. Yeah.
0: It was like we could have done it. We could have squeezed milk out of a rock. Ew. (laughs)
1: What else do you want to squeeze milk out of BP? I mean, uh,
0: everything All I see is things to squeeze things out of. um, but you know, i I was like, we aren't going to do anything good if we're not practicing what we preach and And what we want for everyone who listens is to take the time you need to take the breaks you need, you know, a hundred so what's it been like adjusting back to life um kind of among civilians? And that includes the opening of Los Angeles.
1: Oh my god, like <laughs> just I know that um I didn't we didn't talk about this because it's been 2 months since we've been on Two Horny Goat's podcast, but yeah. when I was doing these two episodes in Toronto, we were in the midst of the third wave. Oh my and god. And I was on day 13 of my quarantine and that's when the province announced another lockdown until the oh foreseeable future. Cases were rising exponentially oh my and god. I was going through a deep spiral because the whole thing felt like PTSD. I just oh got my. vaccinated, um, and things were opening up in LA. And I felt like, yes, we're moving forward. But when you actually displace yourself mm-hmm. physically, it's weird, Priska, and now that Taiwan is experiencing their first outbreak Ugh. and going through March 2020, because yeah. they're now hoarding the toilet paper, Ugh. they're now like going through that for the first
0: time. Except they all listen and behave themselves for the most part now, right yeah. during the lockdown. Yeah, but
1: they are where we were March 2020. Oh so, God. so we are existing in parallel universes, totally, all totally. In the present. Yeah. So that's what's fucking
0: me up, right? Yeah. And with India, like, you know, going through their worst time ever. Oh, totally. It's heartbreaking. It is.
1: I, I'm a I'm a joyful cynic. I mean, I just feel, yes, hopefully this is really like the virus is backing out and we just need booster shots when the yeah. new variants come in. But at the same time, it's like, I feel like we just got to relish what we have. Like if there's yeah. anything that's this pandemic has taught us is to really appreciate what we have, right?
0: Yeah. I feel like I get so many different types of information like according to like scientists like these types of outbreaks these coronavirus outbreaks are never we're not going to be without it for the next at least three four years for sure but like how much is that going to actually affect our lives like i don't really know because on from a social perspective all of my slutty ass you know vaccinated friends including myself we're just gonna fucking lick each other you know i (laughs) I love it and it's hard not to you know even even during the pandemic you know we would have friends come over be outside we're such social people that like without even meaning to, you would gravitate towards being next to each other, gravitate towards hugging each other, you know, like two shots in and I'm a hugging queen. You oh, know what I for mean? For sure. You're just like, COVID what? Oh, me. Yeah. <laughs> and so, I mean, that was already an adjustment. So adjusting out of that has been easier than I thought. Yeah. Hugging people. It almost. Can I just say, <laughs> yeah. it almost felt like it never happened. You yeah. know, when your brain
1: starts to wipe away like It's so trauma? parenthetical. Yeah, totally. It's yeah. like, oh, childbirth, forgot how Painful that was.
0: Let's have another one, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's totally. like riding a bike. Totally, totally. It's 100% like riding a bike. But, like, you know, you're in LA and you were talking um, to me earlier about the anxiety you feel at restaurants. Oh,
1: yes. I don't know if any of you feel this way, <laughs> but it's like coming back and like being around so many people. Yeah. I, I just think that it's a really extreme adjustment. Yeah. And I just, cooked so much when i was in the <laughs> pandemic and now i feel total. like i used to spend so much money yeah going to restaurants tipping and like drinking alcohol and now i like go go outside and i'm like none of this is appealing no like it's full of people you have to fucking wait in lines i'm yeah. like i could cook better let's just go to my house yeah we could talk longer we could watch tv we could you know be you're not gonna spend 150 dollars fuck that shit yeah
0: so what's going through your mind like i feel like for me it was like I would be judging people in my mind, but then be like, oh, unjudge people, Priscilla, because like maybe they're vaccinated. You know what I mean? It's just like this push and pull of like old, you know old habits throughout 2020.
1: I just think it's still a mess. Like, I really do think <laughs> that people do need to have vaccinated proof. Like, yeah, I, yeah. I, because then you're just letting the people who didn't vax like just slide away without a slap on the hand, right, you know, and right. we all need to be accountable for it. True. But at the same time, you're looking at the numbers. Like California is like at what? 0.5%. Like it is, so, it's, it's like so low. non-existent. Yeah. And I'm still wearing a mask, yeah. you know? And yeah. then I see people just without one or forgetting. It. And now it's like, Oh, it's okay. It's all okay. Yeah. Uh, I don't know because in India's crazy. Taiwan's experiencing the first outbreak and this world just still is an enigma to yeah, me.
0: Yeah, I definitely do. I, I kind of made a, a conscious decision. I was like, even if this is a short period of time, we are being responsible. We're being socially conscious and we should just enjoy this fucking hot girl summer or warm girl summer, whichever you want to call it, you know, while we can. Because, you know, if it all goes away again, I think a lot of us and a lot of you listening may have felt this way as well. My mental health as like an ambivert, extrovert leaning person really took a toll on my mental health for sure. Yeah. Honestly, like I miss very casual interactions with people and to just be able to get that back has really refueled me. And just to be able even just to hang out in a group of friends and not mm. even be, cause I think one on ones are awesome, but just to be in a group of friends and feel comfortable and at ease. And I think Roxy, were telling me you were with a couple of your friends and it just felt like, like a like a beautiful orchestration just existing together in a space
1: Oh totally like anything as simple as getting your daily latte at 9am by yes. the corner cafe yes like, and, and just having that short interaction with the barista right you know and, yeah. and feeling energy around you that's the beauty of our community
0: it's so true and so one thing i do want to talk about before we dive into our hot handsied subject <laughs> <laughs> um you know because the world has been opening up because new york is doing great la is doing great my sister rose who's my Biffle for life, literally by blood and by choice. Um, she was able to come to California last week. Oh my week. God, yes! Let's talk about your whole family yes.
1: reunion, honey. We
0: united and it felt pretty good, mostly. Pretty-
1: <laughs> okay. Well, let's talk about this, right? Because yes. uh, Priscilla and I like to talk about, you know, the love and complicated nuances, complex nuances of like family gatherings. It and ain't family so straightforward. Dynamics. No. Mm-mm. Okay. So give us a rundown of what happened.
0: You know, I think all of us we've been really sad. We've haven't seen each other since December of 2019. Um, Last time I saw my sister, we were like brutally snatched from this potential life in Brooklyn. It had been a really long year of her living in isolation. Um, She does have a boyfriend, um, but she, you know, for the most part, she lives alone and she has been working remotely. So she doesn't see people. Mm. Um, And so to just get to be together was like so incredible. And I was like, Tearing up from how happy I was and just feeling so emotional. But those emotions that run really high can skew positive and negative when you are thrown back into being with your family. And I think... That's something we all need to kind of prepare ourselves for because July 4th is coming up after that. I don't know what other, you know, Labor Day or whatever. And then it's like the holidays will be here and hopefully, you know, COVID will be under control. But we're going to have to spend time with our family again. And I think Rox and I were talking about the fact that like when we're away from our family, we miss them so much. Like Rox, like I'm sure you and your parents like you miss them so much. Oh my much. god, I
1: haven't seen them since 2019. It's
0: fucking wild. Fucking crazy. But give yourself ten minutes in a room with your mom, and you're like, okay. No, I feel like <laughs> as
1: much as I miss them, yeah, I, I like mentally and emotionally prepare myself for an altercation uh, every second. single every single time. I'm Oof. like, when is it gonna happen? Right. Do, how do I keep the peace? Yes. So it doesn't happen, but always, yes, it comes around.
0: It comes around, and so you know, we had our fair share of just like emotional days. Days. you know some days it was me being the emotional one sometimes it was it was her or my other sister vicky but we got through it that's the key point you know do you think it's because it comes from so much
1: lack so much lack, then so much so much so much yeah i interaction. think
0: it was like you should have seen abe and i we were like two busy bees we were like um dasowing the house like we were cleaning the yeah. house like insane like i yeah. came i left um we were cleaning for like three days and i left to pick rose up and we came back and abe had spent the past like five hours just like like dusting every little corner of the house because we just wanted, because we haven't seen her in so long, we just wanted it to be perfect. So I think we put a lot of pressure on ourselves. And I don't know if that happens to you all, like when it comes to family, but we wanted to impress, you know, after
1: experiencing a global pandemic. Exactly.
0: And then I think another element of it too, is definitely like, um, I grew up in a, you know, Taiwanese, Chinese household where, it wasn't always the neatest, you know, a lot of things were dusty and dirty. And I think part of me wanted to move away from that. Mm-hmm. And, but again, I didn't grow up with it. So it isn't always my nature. So I have to work super hard at it. So right. I think it's just depleting a lot of energy. And then um, when my sister was here, we wanted to host my parents for like a special dinner. Um And that was like a full day of prep and oh, like God. all this, you know, and it was like, we wanted everyone to have a good ass time, yeah. but it definitely took a lot out of us. Oh, I'm sure. Because you have to be performing and on yes. the entire
1: time. Yes. You're the host. You're the Zuren. Thank you. You're the one like determining the schedule. You yeah. Know, the food, the menu, all of it.
0: And it's one of those weird things where it's like you want like, you know, I'm living in a house that we are currently renting from our parents, but my my mom and dad, but I want to be able to almost like that energy of wanting to be able to prove to them that I can be the, the, the woman of the house or whatever, you know, I know that sounds archaic, but just, I can put a house together and I can run this household. I feel like, like Abe and I together can run this household. Like we felt that pressure so intensely. Yeah. Uh, It was wild. So how did you feel coming out of that? I
1: slept for like two days
0: straight. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> I want, you know. Because if there's something about
1: Capricorns, you overachieve.
0: We, you know, yeah. we do. And I think everyone was happy. And my sister Rose, like, couldn't have been sweeter. The two of them being together, sleeping in a room like two little kittens was so cute and affirming and gave me all the energy I think I needed to like get through it. That's but so sweet. Why does it? Yeah. It's just so it's sweet and it's so emotional, you know, we're getting older. That's we're why. Also old. we
1: went through something crazy. Like yeah. we got, we went through something insane. Like I was driving on the way over here and I was listening to an ad and there, yeah. and the woman was just like, we made it through. We all went through it and we came out the other side and Ooh. I, and I almost was like, what did we go through? Right.
0: Because we haven't even processed half no, of it yet. No. Not at all. And it's like combined with what we went through with Trump last year. Yeah. All the pro- like we went
1: through so much shit.
0: It's only been one year since George Floyd. That seems unbelievable. Why do I feel like we've had
1: like so many journeys since then? I know. It feels like super heavy. Yeah, we're coming out of it. And I think we're much more sensitive and we need more time to process things. And the hustle and bustle of pre-pandemic life, I don't know if I could acclimate back to that and and i don't know about you i'm sure like are people coming out of the woodwork now
0: oh my god yeah i mean and i love people i I really do Mm -hmm. but but when your calendar gets packed on the weekends for the next two months straight like you're so grateful but also i have so much anxiety because we haven't had that in a year and a half,
1: and then did you see that SNL <laughs> kit where this like the parties and everyone's yeah. catching up? Forget it's out like, of talk. What are we going to be talking about? It's like yeah. I think about like all these friends I haven't seen, yes. and I'm like, so how was your pandemic? Yeah, and then it's like, oh yeah, did you get the Pfizer or the Moderna? I and know. then It's like it's so funny because it's so true. We're just going to be talking about how we came out of the pandemic. Yeah,
0: and I don't know if the, like this is something you've experienced too, but yeah. I, you know, for people that I haven't talked to throughout the pandemic, it hasn't been because I don't love them. Sometimes it's just you know the way that things shake out. I haven't checked in on them so I wonder you know I get all this anxiety like do they still love me do I you know what's our relationship at there's that anxiety and then I also have like kind of a Schrodinger's cat like situation where like some family members or you know older people that i'm friends with like i don't want to reach out to them because i don't want to know and if i feel like if i call them and something's wrong then it's because i called them you know that whole like um philosophical kind of like dilemma you know so I, i i've definitely struggled with that and tried to overcome it but um you know it's like I did call a loved one this week and they were sick. And I was like, no, like it's just so I feel like we have so much PTSD and we hold it so so closely to our chest. You know, it's definitely going to be a weird thing navigating coming out because
1: I for one feel like, yeah, I need to be more selective of people with my energy. And like if I schedule a date with you, like. A month in advance, I'm sorry, you yeah. know, like I can't see you right away. But right. it's like now, because of the pandemic, I have so many more non-negotiables in my daily life.
0: Yeah, and I think you've really taken self-care to heart. And speaking of self-care, we are gonna get back to our handsy little topic over here. Can't wait. Are you ready, Rox? Okay, so yeah. can you tell me like what are some benefits of masturbation? Okay, Roxy, I have some bet I have some things for you. Okay. Shit, can't wait. Uh, okay. So You know, for all of its demonization throughout time, Mm -hmm. masturbation, and we're going to really focus on um, female masturbation, female identifying people, masturbation. Um, So it releases sexual tension. Great. It's the safest form of sex, as long as you, like, wash your hands, you know? Oh,
1: for sure, for sure. Yeah,
0: safest form of sex. So safe. Can't get any STDs. (laughs) Um, It helps you become more familiar with your body. Oh. It can lead to better sleep and relaxation. Yes. If you're someone who gets period cramps, it will help relieve cramps. Oh. Uh, that little like gush of blood, you know. Oh, <laughs> it's like is that is it just is pussy it? juice or is, is that
1: just a little bit more of the red We're seat. a
0: super pad <laughs> if you're going to masturbate while you're on your period, you know. Um or, or a diva cup or yeah. you know what or a tamp, but sometimes like when I you have love a tampon I love, I love a diva I, cup. I, I love a diva cup. And sometimes yeah. when you have a tamp in, like you might have too many um, what's it called? Like convulsions, where it pushes stuff out. But anyway, that maybe that's just me. <laughs> um, cool. It helps your mental health. Yes. Um, and it enhances self esteem. I thought that was pretty special. Um, but like with the mental health thing, it helps release your brain's opioid-like neurotransmitters. So don't take Vicodin. Just masturbate. Love. I think we need that on a shirt.
1: How is there <laughs> such thing as over masturbating?
0: Uh, no, that is myth. It also does not cause blindness. <laughs> Um, which which was a common trope told to people. Wow. Um, almost no negative things, but let me tell you a brief history yes, of masturbation. Please. Okay. So the oldest sex toy ever unearthed, and this is just the oldest one they found because you know, girls, we know how to be private. <laughs> but the oldest sex toy was found in Germany, and it was about thirty thousand years old. Oh, <gasps> thank you. Is it a dildo? It's a dildo. It's a little dildo. It doesn't vibrate, but it's a little like and insertion they were able tool.
1: Able to figure out how to do the vibrating technology back in the day i'll be like yo there are aliens here for yo, sure i and mean we know there are aliens but aliens back then for and sure
0: girl cleopatra had a makeshift vibrator and they called it a honeybee vibrator well you know
1: what she was way ahead of her time i mean so she's ahead. a girl
0: boss you know what i mean she's yeah. got to
1: take care of herself sometimes but she's
0: using the vibration of the honeybee
1: wait okay wait can you tell me what this how this contraption works okay, like let me- were honeybees like <laughs> trapped inside like a hard thing
0: Let and me, then it vibrates. I want to be right. Okay. Okay. So it's Cleopatra's bee powered gourd. Ooh. So <laughs> it, this sounds
1: a little bit sadistic and animal abuse but we'll just keep going with it.
0: Yes. Okay. So Cleopatra, she lived from 69 BC to 30 BC. Um, she's well known for her sexual thirst, mm. uh, a sexual appeal, but also sexual thirst. So she orders... One of the best engineers to make her a small box gourd uh, in a way that lets bees inside shake the walls to generate vibration. This device would also prevent the bees from escaping. The chances are such an incident would only end in pain. Ugh. But yeah, that's how she developed and invented like the first vibrator. It was with fucking bees. If any bee
1: somehow managed to escape yeah. and sting her vagina, yeah.
0: that would be not so good. Not so fun. Or a nice tingly sensation i don't know girl i think that's your shit (laughs) it might be a little too far wow
1: priska that is freaking fascinating yeah so you know i think a lot of this dialogue is about separating the shame and taboo that we grew up thinking about like masturbation and all look at all the health benefits look
0: at all the health benefits okay and then a couple more stories that i found really interesting so Mm -hmm. ancient pagans in the middle east Mm -hmm. they believed that masturbating together was a sign of abundance and they'd gather together and basically have like a, a like a Celebration of masturbating together for the fertility gods. Their goal was to climax at the same time That's together. So hard. Yeah, and like a symphony of masturbation. That's beautiful. I know. I know. We should. I mean, I'm just <laughs> saying. Should we do a Facebook group? <laughs> Who's interested? <laughs> Facebook Live? There's like. I know. <laughs> Let's see how quickly we like, get taken there's down. Like, <laughs> okay. There's
1: like it's not a swingers club. You know, we're not interacting. No. We're just interacting with ourselves. Yes. but together. Together. What if it's a Zoom call?
0: I mean. <laughs> Well, I think like, I think I was watching, um, there's like some like, uh, natural path, like show on Netflix or something. And they were talking about someone who was like coaching people through orgasming. I love and it that. was on zoom. Yeah. I love that. And so
1: it should be like, I've, I've heard some guys tell me that like their girlfriends can't get off without them. <gasps> no. And to me, no! that is the biggest tragedy. Yes. If, if someone else knows your body better than you.
0: Yeah. Like, Like, as a
1: woman, you should really take the time to learn about that, right?
0: I agree. But then, I think even for me, as, like, growing up in the church, like, and we'll get into it, but I didn't have issues with certain types of, like, external stimulation, but anything that I was to do to myself that was inserted took me a really long time to get over, because for me, that's where the the sin existed.
1: Okay, let me ask you a question. Okay. When you first stuck your finger up your vagina... Mm did it scare you the more you went up to like figure out what it felt like
0: yes i think i think the first time i did it i was older than like you know i was pretty old yeah um which is like so funny because it's like girl get it you know yeah. get in there um but I think I was surprised at how it wasn't just this like, you know, Las Vegas casino of like, like, you know what I mean? It was, um, you, you, like the first insertion just kind of feels a little pressure, but Mm -hmm. nothing crazy, Mm -hmm. you know, like a little something, but nothing much. How about Mm you?
1: I I mean, I'm still scared sometimes of my own body and it's, and it frightens, not frightens me, but it's like. I'm like, how come, you, you know, you're 33 years old and you, you're you still afraid of what you might feel up right, there. Right, yes. And like, to be real, one time, you know, I did get a condom stuck inside me and my partner oh. needed to ah. get it out. And ah. And here's the crazy thing is, I felt scared to yeah. find it with my finger, <gasps> but it was easier for him to, like, dig it out.
0: See, why is that? I what is know, the
1: mental block? I don't, I don't know what the mental block is. I'm like, I'm afraid of my body. Wow. Like, I'm afraid of what, like, almost like my vagina is a separate entity that will yes. just, like, consume something, and <gasps> I'm, like, afraid. So,
0: so, I don't know what that is. No. So, that's so interesting because I, I have all these preconceived notions that a lot of my hangups come from being a Christian or, mm-hmm. you know, being mm-hmm. so, like, you know, the purity culture shit, but like, as we're talking, I'm like, wow, this it, this is something that we all kind of share.
1: A hundred percent. So, I mean, like, let's just start diving into it, Prisca, okay? because I really want to get into the meat of it. I'm ready. So, we're going to go into topic one, which talks about growing up with shame, the male rhetoric, the male gaze, and porn. Mm-hmm. So, take me back, BB. I mean, obviously, the first thing that I want to sort of target is, like, the church life yes. landscape and yes. how that sort of catered and molded your brain into approaching sex and masturbation so
0: i think it was you know and i'm sorry i'm going to be dichotomous with gender as of right now just for this conversation um in the church like they kind of they kind of dichotomize it as brothers and sisters um and this is just the paradigm from which i grew up it's not how i view things now right i would just like to kind of couch that um but so you know for us like for the brothers um masturbation itself was a much more pressing issue um and basically like they like Half the guys I would talk to um, at church, they were like, "Oh, I was like, what would you guys discuss in your morning devotion?" And they were basically like, "Did you watch porn? Did you masturbate?" Really? Yeah. And it was like a constant, almost like obsession—not obsession, but like they like it was something. Obviously, you have a group of teenage guys. Like, what are they going to be doing? Fucking masturbating, you know? Yeah. And um, but the way that it was approached was so like shame driven, and um, like them being made to feel wrong and dirty and needing to confess and which I find so interesting because it's almost like a Catholic way of like confession you know in terms of a lot of the the guilt and the shame and the fear surrounding it Um, it was put on the boys in the church honestly they were boys you know Mm. 18 and younger we were having these conversations and in college like forget about it they would have those conversations all the time and they were like quote-unquote keeping each other accountable so I felt that that was really interesting and I did see that it did lend itself, and maybe this is just in my limited kind of experience and purview, but it did lead a lot of the men that I grew up with to either hide their more sexual exploits or just like really repress themselves,
1: you know? Because it's like seen as being honorable. Yes. Right. Exactly. To not think about that, to not think about sex so like to think about yes. like masturbation. And
0: then you develop. This is just coming to me now, but I think there also developed this anger towards women mm. because they represented something sim- sinful to and them. Tempt- tempting. Tempting, them. exactly. Yeah. So it almost like led to this um, antagonistic relationship with oh. women. Yeah. But it's not all bad, but it was just like, it was coded within this admiration of women. Because it was like wanting to have straight heterosexual sex was like the epitome and could only happen on the other side of marriage. So any entrance of that into your mind was impure and sinful. It's a
1: sacred, beautiful act after marriage. Yes,
0: exactly. But the funny thing is there was still that like coded rape culture way of speaking to the girls in the church of like guys are gonna be guys like men are gonna be men they're gonna have lust and desire that's just how they are women like don't wear sandals don't wear short skirts don't make your hair in such a way that's like too enticing don't wear low-cut tops like it was very like unintentionally rapey um way of talking but still at the same time it's like you can't do all these
1: things to s- seduce them or yeah. to tempt them but you also have to be their object of desire for marriage yes
0: exactly it's, it's like you have
1: to be both of these things it's so
0: confusing you're right oh my gosh that's like such a fucking seesaw it's crazy yeah it's like, how do you
1: find that balance of like being worthy enough yeah. to like to like gain the attention or like of a certain partner that's like worthy of your family or whatever, but right. at the same time you have to hide any like wild or natural, primitive, you know, sort of desires within <sighs> you. And, and this is so patriarchy. <laughs> like yeah. really like the women have to be so many things. We we have to be alluring. We have to be beautiful. Demure. We,
0: demure. We have to be yeah. submissive,
1: but we also have to be attractive enough. What the fuck? 100%. Like, what?
0: <laughs> but, and honestly, you know, this is, this is my perspective of growing up in the church. I don't know if other people felt this way but for the sisters in the church it was almost like there's some weird loophole yeah where because like you know they thought oh these are just such precious innocent beings they could never have a sexual thought the the idea that masturbation was something that should be shameful was never directly placed on us oh so it was like talked about but like also it was more couched in the it, it was more like placed in a place of like don't Have sex with a partner. Don't do sexual things with a partner. Don't let a man defile you, you know? Mm -hmm. But we didn't hear a ton about, you know, record scratching. So
1: basically, (laughs) masturbation is more of a sin for the male counterparts like I, yeah in, in that setting and then women's just like as as long as you don't let a dick inside of you you're good
0: right basically wow. I, I think like obviously if you ask them point blank is masturbation bad for a female as well and they might say yeah but like it was just not something it was like oh my god these little beings are so innocent They're, there's no way only a man could defile them and ruin them and you know what i'm saying like yeah but create. Then, ironically them. it's yeah. like
1: if you were divergentized before marriage yeah. and there's that whole like being eve in in the garden you know of eden and so it's like oh it's your fault that you tempted them it's your fault that you wore this you know like the the coded rape culture as you said you know so it's kind of crazy because it's like growing up with these thoughts or like how things are painted around you it really messed you up until how you saw yourself 100 percent, and like how you have to unlearn that now and seeing that it all is all because of remnants of the patriarchy hundred, hundred
0: percent, hundred thousand percent, but I'm glad I got to sit in that loophole because I would say, mm-hmm. you know, compared to a lot of, um, even like talking to my husband, talking to Abe about it, he has so many hangups in regards to that, you know, mm. and I, I would let him share his stories, but he has so many hangups. And like, when he's telling me, I'm just like, wow, like I have a pretty healthy relationship with masturbation. Like, you know, I, I, I was able to experience it in a way that wasn't pressurized or it wasn't under this idea of of I could do something to my own self that was somehow sinful and wrong. And it's like boiling point, right? Mm-hmm. It's sort of like
1: binge eating or like anything yes. that's like taboo becomes an addiction and an addiction is seen as like something very evil or like bad for you. Right. Right. When in fact you just checked up on all of the health benefits of masturbation. So
0: many benefits. I sleep so well. I know. (laughs) I sleep so well too. And
1: when I'm stressed out, you know, a good little record scratching just like really does the job. (laughs) And I'm just like, well, how come all of this was taught to us in a way that's like, not good for us yeah it's not healthy like fit like sexual health was never a discussion
0: yeah and rocks like i could totally see a lot of our goatees listening to this kind of uh, cringing because maybe this isn't a topic we're supposed to talk about you know it's kind of sad we don't share techniques we don't share we don't swap you know Mm -hmm. stories about it i think it's kind of to our detriment in terms of like what could be enjoyable and what um the body of what our pleasure could be is diminished because we find it to be so embarrassing. Like we can take shame out of the picture, but it's so embarrassing. And why is that? Because it's something you do when you're very vulnerable and you have a need and you're feeling vulnerable, like, and, and you're basically, even though you're not physically naked all the time, right. But you're, you're, you're being naked with your needs and your wants and you're being honest with, with yourself about it. Yeah, And that is, Kind of icky to share with with other people.
1: Yeah, I mean, we're constantly wearing masks in society, right? And it's like, I think it took me a very long time to be able to connect with myself in this way because I was brought. I didn't grow up religious, but I was. You know, I grew up in an environment where, you know, it was just my mom and dad. My dad obviously didn't talk to me about any of this shit. Yeah. And then my mom doesn't talk to me about any of this shit either. Right. So it's like she gave me like one little like color book, like when I was 13. And that was all I knew about sex. This is the labia. This is the labia. <laughs> Here's your clitoris. And I'm like, I, and I'm like, you know, holding that mirror between my wow. legs, being like, this is a scary ass looking alien fucking looking it's thing. It's
0: not cute. It's not cute. It's, yeah, it's not especially cute. when hair just starts growing on oh, there. Oh, God, it's so and scary. It's like,
1: ah! and and then of course, like hair starts growing and then you're looking at porn and you're like, wait, all of it is shaved and yes. and all of it. Anyways, it's like now looking back on it now and like I was taught to the main purpose of me growing up was to achieve a partner and mm. get male validation, Oof. you know? And my mom was always just like, who's going to want you if you look like this? Who's yeah. going to want you if you're fat, if you're like boobs are too big or whatever. So I grew up in this, in this mindset that like my whole purpose of my life was to have a man like love me and like appreciate me. And yeah. because I grew up in this body, right. as you all know, it's not exactly like your slim East Asian woman. Right. Right. So, so then like so much of that was like, was struggling with that. Like being told, like, be careful. You're going to be, you're going to be too old to be single. You're going to be too old to be desirable. You're a ticking time bomb of attraction. Right. Whoa. And then like when I started watching porn at yeah. the age of 13, I was like, all these like young, maybe 18 year old to 23 year old girls were the sexy, attractive ones. And then everybody else is categorized as a milf or a fetish. Wow. BBW black Asian interracial, right. Everything is done through the patriarchy and the male gaze. Now I'm going to bring up something to you. Okay. All of this, like porn definitely shapes how men view women right, and how women view themselves because like, At the end of it, it all comes to pedophilia. Yeah. Because it's like the the younger you are, the more desirable you are in the porn space. Yeah. Why do you shave your
0: your hair, you know? You want to look prepubescent.
1: Exactly. And it's like oh, it's gross if she lets her hair grow down there if you don't shave. And we all know how painful and annoying shaving can be.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean, not even shaving, but the aftercare. But can I ask you? Yeah, of course. You know, I know you've talked about, you know, being exposed to porn relatively early on, mm-hmm. but obviously, you know, in the age we grew up in, if anyone Gen Z's out there, porn was not <laughs> readily available to us, right? But like, what were things that you would visualize or picture um, when you were masturbating, when you were like in your teens? Intra- oh, this is a really good question. <laughs> um, so,
1: you know, I didn't lose my virginity, when did I lose my virginity? (laughs) (laughs) I completely forgot. But before I lost my virginity, I would masturbate and you would fantasize like what's in your head. Right. And everything that I saw was through porn. Interesting. You know, because, and then I'll be like, Oh, the guy with the six pack, the guy with the big dick, you know? And then, and then you're like, but you what do normal guys look like? Right, you know right. What I mean, yeah. So then this sort of like fed this super unhealthy view of my desire for men because huh. I have always been fat, and um, I because of my insecurity of my fat body when I was younger, yeah. I thought that if I slept with hot men, yeah. it would be a major flex for me. Whoa. So then when I started doing like you know Tinder, I started like dating people, sleeping around, like. I I, I like prided myself if the guy is like over six feet tall, six pack, and like you know super fit and hot. It gave you like
0: points. It gave me points.
1: But then like I started to realize that okay, first of all, tell me your theory. I need to deconstruct this because (laughs) it's not it's not. First of all fat people can hook anyone all right mm-hmm. like it's Hell yeah. it's like whatever like stereotype of stigma about like us not being able to get laid is completely false thank you yeah <laughs> but the thing is is that like i realized that um when it comes to dating it's like you're it's actually social currency mm-hmm. right i found it harder to like land medium looking to medium ugly looking men who interesting I, they don't want to sleep with me why and and hot men do. And, and the reason for this is because medium looking men, I mean, everyone's beautiful, but just, just take <laughs> this for what it is. I'm just going to speak very yes. bluntly right now just for the sake of this example okay. and this analogy. Heuristically. Yes. Yeah. And it's like first of all it's like if men are insecure about their looks right Mm. they want to be with a partner who is beautiful to be able to use that social currency right so it's like that's why some ugly rich men have beautiful trophy wives oh yeah right yeah and then if you have a very conventionally attractive man he doesn't need social currency because he's already desirable as himself yeah and then so he could fuck whoever he wants right Uh. but the thing is i thought that You know, when I slept with like someone who's hot, I'm like, oh, that makes me feel good. But it didn't make me feel good because at the end of the day, I'm like, wait a second. I am their fetish.
0: Oh, man.
1: And then I'm like, are you going to intentionally date me? And it's like, "Mm, you're not good for my social currency. Ah. And and so this was like a revelation I had. Right. You know, and. And so, like, as as hard as it is to acknowledge and people, you can fucking fool yourselves into thinking that, like, no, I like people for who they are. Yeah. It, it doesn't take away that, like, for example, larger breasts are more attractive to to men of, like, the middle to lower class, like people who are rich and wealthy. Don't really date women with huge tits. Really? Did you notice that? No.
0: But what, what, what is the cause of that?
1: I don't know. But it's like, it's, it's a scientific thing. Data says that. Wow. Yeah. So it's like, you don't have like a really wealthy person because oh social God. currency, because huge tits is associated with porn. Oh. And porn is associated with lowbrow, lowbrow. Oh. Yeah.
0: Even though everyone fucking watches porn. Exactly. It's wow. sinful. It's
1: degrading. Therefore that associates with that. I am not, you know, so I, you know, I thought about removing my tits for like a long time because yeah. my mom's like, they're so big and like, no one's going to want that. You're right. going to think you're like a bimbo or like a slut or whatever. And I decided not to, because I'm like, you know what, if I was born to this body and these are my natural boobs and I'm yeah. just going to keep them because like I'm still like holding that the not I mean I know that whoever loves me whoever loves me loves me yeah and for all of me right. you know and if they can't see that if I am social currency then hopefully they'll leave my life in some way you yeah. know yeah
0: and I, I I think you know we do talk a lot about how or you mention often you know how you are inside a kink body yeah and that's all because of what society has deemed xyz you know mm-hmm. it's all honestly it's all socially constructed um but i noticed that you kind of it's almost like an armor that you have once your body comes into the picture it's like i have a kink body ha no one else can get there i got there first mm-hmm. but what like tell me about your breasts and like how how much enjoyment you get out of that oh
1: <laughs> it's it's uh it's kind of like a hard conversation to have because mm-hmm you know i think being fat my whole life i've been well what is my one asset mm-hmm. and what is something about me that's like unique and not like anybody else and i've been told that i had monstrous tits by mm-hmm. people who wanted to fuck me i've yeah. been told like just degrading derogatory shameful like you fuck. know just like just saying shitty shit and now that i'm older it's like this this road to self-care and self-love is a long one mm-hmm and um and i've learned to love how you know the breasts aren't so perky anymore you know you have rolls that sit in certain places that are harder to get rid of yeah. as you get older and also like having more confidence in just being not so performative anymore Mm. like not trying to fucking fix yourself into this box of what other people think are desirable but just being present and enjoying your body Mm. as she is Mm. and um so i think it's about relinquishing that because Mm. i thought about the conversation of body alteration has always been around me Mm -hmm. my whole life Mm -hmm. and especially in my culture and my community where you know we did the paper test like Here's an eight by eleven paper, Priscilla. Right. If you stand up, yeah. If your waist is thicker than this, you're considered fat, ah! and that's something they do <laughs> no, in China. Oh, me. Yeah, right? I no, know, I know. How triggering is yeah, this? Super triggering. But I realize that my life is a re- living rebellion. Right, 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 right. You know, and in the people in my life who have come to love me, you know, I'm just like, that's just further proof that I don't have to abide by whatever stupid fucking standards that is created by the male
0: gaze of patriarchy. Yeah. Right. In, in some of my research, it's like, yeah, even still, um, only 7.9% of women between the ages of 25 and 29 masturbate two to three times a week. Whereas men, it's 23.4%. And I think, you know, there's a lot of reasons for different things. But a lot of times it's like women, we have a hard time accessing sexual pleasure when we aren't feeling you know, comfortable in our bodies, happy with ourselves, happy with our relationships, sexually aroused. So there's a lot, it's not mechanical. Cause yeah, I think for men, it can be very mechanical, but it sounds like, I mean, literally it's like, okay, if I have a boner, I can bang this out if I need to, even if I'm not feeling particularly X, Y, Z. I know that things have changed more or less, but what's it sounds like so many external patriarchy driven things have found their way into your mind um, does that ever inhibit you from feeling pleasure or stop you if you felt like masturbating?
1: Yes. I mean, <laughs> I wanted to ask you, yeah. and this is, I know and you just asked me something, but it's like, I want to have the conversation of, do you find desirability for yourself?
0: I don't know that I'd want to have sex with myself like if there was a double of me i don't know oh, that not i would like be that. <laughs> okay <laughs> not like that bb i'm okay, sorry maybe re-read re- uh, misread
1: the question it, it, it's basically just like <laughs> masturbation but not just for the sake of achieving orgasm right. It's like you oil yourself up you play right. with your nipples you play with your body you take it into a bath you stroke your skin you know right you find you desirable
0: yeah i would say like i'm not that sensory laden of a person like but I do do like I do do self-care which Mm -hmm. can lead to like you know if you know sometimes if you know (laughs) the husband's out of the house for whatever (laughs) period of time I'm like great I have a date with myself you know which you know I struggle in certain ways with that just in terms of withholding pleasure and enjoyment from myself like and that comes from my childhood for sure yeah. and, and, it, and it goes from like sexual things to even like you know Abe and I were up in Arrowhead and I was like I want to go do this thing I want to go to this amusement park for the day and Abe's like great and then the day came and I was like no we probably shouldn't go it's expensive it's a lot of work let's just stay home and he's like don't withhold enjoyment from yourself you know it's like programmed into me to like latent like not even latently but almost actively reduce my amount of of joy and enjoyment because too much is a bad thing that's in in some ways like a metaphor for like my personal, personal—not just sexual enjoyment, but enjoyment of self. Yes, because
1: yeah. sometimes I'll be like, I could have because I'm crazy. I like schedule out my whole day, <laughs> and I'm like, okay, I have an hour between three and four o'clock. I'm gonna get yeah. half an hour nap, right? And then I'm going to get myself off, yeah, for 15 minutes. Yeah, see how many times I can come, Woo! and then take another nap, and then yes. wake up for my meeting at five. Because you need a nap after. Oh, totally. You need <laughs> at least have a little bit of shut eye. Yeah, but I see what you're saying. You know, it's like we, because of the patriarchy or how sex and porn is sort of framed in the way that we're growing up we have like a certain limitation in how much we allow ourselves to enjoy ourselves yeah and it's like um you know as earth signs we are quite lusty Mm -hmm. in bed and Mm -hmm. this is something you and i have discussed previously yeah and something that i struggle with and that's something that i'm still learning is being free to be wild
2: Mm -hmm. and
1: this is so hurtful but it's like i've been told that like you wanna fuck the fat girls because they don't get any of it. So when you find when they get a chance, Ugh, they go full out. It's gross. It is so disgusting.
2: That's so gross. It is
1: so gross. And I was like, okay, so um <laughs> All right, you misogynist. Uh, on the, on yeah. the counter side of that, it's like what you want women to be diminutive. You want them to be small. You want them to be whimpering. Like Ugh. Japanese sex. Oh, yeah. I think is crazy. I mean, they're crazy and, and innovative in many ways, but it's also quite poisonous. Yeah.
0: And when I see like, you know, when I'm looking at porn and it's like Asian, a lot of times it's like porn from Asia or whatever. And it's not it's not appealing to me because I just want, you know, I don't want to just be the girl who's diminutive and screaming at the right times and not enjoying things clearly like you know what I mean like that whole or or being kind of I don't know like yeah a lot it's of it's like a sex- lot of the
1: fantasy is just like oh um she's not willing yeah right like the whole rape culture thing yes and, then and it's, it's gross apparent in hentai and monsters like abusing women you know or yeah, like and this is't a shame sub No, no no this not is at just, all. no
0: because I think that's amazing and really beautiful but that is all having to do with agreements and um consent right exactly and so so this doesn't feel like consent, even though I'm sure the porn actress There's no
1: safe word inside a hentai monster. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they, you know. Exactly.
0: Yeah. And so it's hard because I think, you know, even bringing Asian American representation to the conversation around porn is something that I think needs to happen more often. I don't know that we would necessarily be the experts of that, but we're definitely happy to throw our, our hat in the ring, you know, because... We deserve to be seen, and and I think for a long time, like, I think Asian men are viewed, like, you know, on the kind of dating totem pole as, like, fucking near the bottom, which is ridiculous to me because if you've ever seen an Asian man, like, come on, hello. So fucking hot. Lifts eyebrow, like, you know what I mean? Everything. I'm all about it. But I think that Asian males can be really frustrated that Asian females are known to date white men. Mm -hmm. It's a trope, right? (laughs) And it's really hurtful and I think that in this time a lot of us are reexamining why we are interested, why we're sexually interested in what we're interested in. And while I do think a certain amount of it is innate or having to do with, sorry, Freudian stuff, you know, a lot of it has to do with the porn we intake, the people we're around, the representation we're seeing, you know, and I think within porn itself – I don't personally know of too many Asian American porn stars that are just fucking killing it. And I'm not on OnlyFans, so maybe on OnlyFans, that representation is more so there, but just in the mainstream kind of swath of porn, like that's not, um, that's not something I see very often. Do you think that
1: then physical attraction really just comes down to conditioning?
0: I think a big part of it happens with conditioning. I, I'm all about, like, I think pheromones play a part. I think who you, who, who you grow up with, who you're kind of initially attracted to kind of imprints you a little bit. But I think over time, conditioning plays a large role in it. I mean, obviously there's so much to unpack here. Um, and so why don't we take a little break and we'll resume the chat in just a little bit. Bye.
1: Hi, Goatees. We love hanging out with you, and it's what we look forward to every single week. If you're liking what you're hearing, please subscribe and give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. It will help us a lot so we can continue to hang out every single week and make content for you. Thank you so much, and remember, stay horny.
0: welcome back OTs how was your break I'm sure you spent it with us but like not with us did but you like kind of a-
1: to our voices did you
0: have enough time I think it was like a one minute break if you did <laughs> congratulations you won the fastest masturbating challenge welcome to masturbation olympics this is what you get you get a gold diva cup <laughs> Ouch. I know. That's <laughs> not comfortable at all. But you know
1: what? Pain is pleasure. I'm all about it.
0: In the back half year, we kind of want to talk about growing healthy masturbation practices. Um, Roxy, kind of before we get into how you've developed healthier habits around masturbation, I want to talk about some of maybe your less healthy habits. And when it comes to, like, female orgasm, we've talked about that a little bit. You know, it, it's a mysterious thing. Mm-hmm. It's so difficult because it's not a pump and pump and dump, you yeah, know? Yeah, 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 for sure. <laughs> so in terms of, like, orgasming with a partner, what does it take for you to feel comfortable enough to do so? And if you're not, are there times where you fake it?
1: You know, there's that uh, thing where you can't tell if it's nature versus nurture. Like, uh, you question why you are the way you are. And you can't tell if it's because you've ingested all this material as you're learning about it versus if it's truly who you are. Uh. So I am pretty passionate in bed and creative in bed. And I like to think, (laughs) yeah, you do. (laughs) I like to think of myself as just like taking pride in my wild fat body without feeling like, Oh, because she's fat, you know, like it was just trying to erase all of that negative inner dialogue yeah of what I heard and trying to remove shame from sex and the fear of losing my hot body or metabolism body not that I've ever had it with like age right you know and so when I was dating around and experimenting with myself and learning more about what I liked sex was very performative because you're Mm. getting to know somebody yeah and you want them to feel pleasure yeah and so you Act like you're being pleasured so that they could achieve their pleasure because let's be honest when you're first having sex with someone it's all about satisfying each other's ego
0: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah and i think in college too part of what drove me was like guys were always talking about their sexual conquests, and and my girlfriends were always talking about like how they gave this guy the best blowjob of his life and so i clocked it in my head as like oh, there's like a metric to it in some way. There's a good and there's a bad. So hopefully there's good in bed, there's bad in bed. There's hot, there's not, you know? And so like, I always like was, I had this anxiety that maybe I I was going to be bad in bed. That I was going to give a bad blowjob. That you, you know? felt like you were
1: behind, right, in sexual education.
0: Yeah, and so I think satisfying your ego, it's like getting into bed with someone, it's like showing them no, yeah, I am the fucking bomb. I pleasured you so good.
1: <laughs> I pleasured you so good and like getting in bed with them and being like, I'm actually not as experienced as you think I may be, Yes, but I think I took a lot of notes watching porn yes. and I think this is what you want. Like I remember the first blowjob I ever gave someone Yeah. And and I was like, "Don't pretend like you're new. Don't yeah. pretend like you're new." Yeah. And it was act like act shoving like you-
0: this sausage-sized thing into your mouth uh, to the back of your throat is normal. And it's like, do I have a gag reflex? I don't know. Let's I find know. out. And, and he pees out of this. <laughs>
1: I love like how porn or sex is just like anything goes. I'll lick your asshole. Yeah. You know, I'll do. And you have these strange liquids seeping out of your or- orifices. But and you I'm won't willing, lick a toilet seat. Weird. <laughs> you won't go on a doorknob licking competition with me. No. I mean, <laughs> Weird. I don't, Weird. Yeah. I don't get it. I don't get it. Yeah. And so I think. Um, but you're giving him a blowjob. Yeah. <laughs> but, but now it's like, I feel like, I don't know. Maybe, maybe I want to see if you agree with me on this. Like intuitive sex can only come with time.
0: Ah, yes. I see what you mean. Anything you do with somebody else... Even if it's, like, learning a secret handshake, you yeah. get better at it over time. Yeah. Um, and I... Or if you're literally, like, dance partners or ice skating partners, like, it just gets better over time. And at first, like, it's all about learning each other, yeah. you know? Um, it's
1: like having... Let me get to know you. Here's our first handshake. Yeah. It's just
0: courtesy. It's right? courtesy. <laughs> yeah. You're just shaking with your genitals, you know? <laughs> but I... You know, my question to you, too, is, like, did having sexual partners changed the way you then masturbated?
1: No, not at all. No, it's wild. It's like, I think with a lot of men,
2: Mm
0: -hmm.
1: they just want to know if you got off. Hmm. And they can't tell if you got off Hmm. because women are known to fake a lot of their orgasms. Right. Uh, I'm very good at faking mine. And the thing is like, you're
0: full on Harry met Sally.
1: (laughs) Yes, exactly. (laughs) Oh, give me a pastrami sandwich and I'll show you BB. But, Uh, but uh, she's having, you know, but I think because men ask this, they're used to women faking it all the time. Uh, And so for their ego, they just want to know, did I really make you come? And, and then because, you know, women are shown faking (laughs) orgasms in porn and in a lot of sexual, in sex and movies and tv it's like we're totally okay just faking it and it still brings us pleasure right yeah and like even sometimes like if i've been with my i've been with my partner for over a year now he'll sometimes still ask me and I was like did you not feel my vagina (laughs) convulsing like but that makes me concerned because i'm like well then i'm actually faking it all the time Mm. you know like i'm constantly doing that and i'll not say anything after sex because i would overall enjoy it Mm -hmm. and then but if they do ask, I'm going to tell them the truth, you know, mm-hmm. and then, and then I try to explain it and I'm like, Hey, it's not because of you. I'm like, I, as a person take time mm-hmm. to achieve that safety net mm-hmm. of consciousness with somebody, but then still some men get butthurt about it because right. they don't feel, they feel like they're not man enough or they're emasculated because they, they can't make check it off their task. list. Exactly. Yeah. They're just like, well, I came, Oh man, I failed. I didn't make you come. Right. You know? And I'm like. Why is this such a thing? Like, it's so crazy. Yeah. The emphasis on this orgasm, on achieving this, like, machismo sort of thing. Yep. Yep. I think it's super unhealthy.
0: I, yeah, I agree. I agree. And I I would also say, like, for myself, like, I think because I was so sheltered and so, like, She's been
1: licking her butt for like 50 minutes.
0: Oh, I also want to say really quick that the reason we did this episode not the reason, but one of the like reasons we did this episode was um, Roxy's dog has been staying with us for a couple of, of days and I don't know if she's in heat. I don't know what's going on. But she has been humping her bed for about two hours a day since she came here six days ago. She's turning 11 in a few days. Yeah. She is not a young whippersnapper. (laughs) Like, she is impressively dominating her bed. It is her... And if you walk up to her while she's doing it, she will growl at you. <laughs> like, and so I was like, you know what? She's in dog years, like 78 years old, and she is still getting it. So I'm two just saying two hours a day, two hours a day. Like, I, and she looks, I, she looks so young and relaxed. So yeah. all I got to say is there has to be benefits from this, you yes, know? Yes. But yes. But all that aside, like, I think for me, because I was so sheltered and repressed to a certain degree, um, having a partner did teach me things about my body that Mm, I didn't know, you know, and, and gave me more courage to do more exploration. Obviously I appreciate the solo process, but also I'm open to learning and gathering from encounters with other people and then taking them back to your private, you know, abode. I love
1: that. So something that, some of my partners have done to me which i don't know is even what i didn't even know was even a thing yeah is they like to make out with my under boob
0: oh i did not know that was a thing
1: yeah and so it's like i don't know like not fuck it but no, just make out not with make it. out with my under boob wow and it is such a strange sensation for me because Whoa. it's like not triggering my my nipples my areolas but it's literally just the skin and fat underneath my boob
0: is it nice Yes, but I'm also like, what? like, what are you doing down there? It's like
1: <laughs> kind of interesting because I'm like, oh, you know, like, the, uh, I even <laughs> if you watch a lot of content and and you think you know, there's always something you don't know. Yeah, and and you're just—it's like, always
0: more depraved. What
1: turns other people on, or something just like so odd?
0: Yeah, you yeah. know. Yeah. And it's
1: like, oh, maybe it's just like licking this one part of your thigh, <laughs> and and they're just obsessed with licking that one part of your wow. thigh. you know.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that makes total, that makes total sense. And that's kind of beautiful. You know, the whole body deserves to be appreciated.
1: Priska, I want to ask you what yeah. kind of sex toys do you prefer and like when you know you're talking about time with yourself and mm-hmm. you know um I, I wanted to know if you started off with one thing that mm-hmm. was sort of like the transition into being comfortable using toys and then have you explored beyond that
0: great question I'm definitely more of a clit stimulation girl mm-hmm. um and some of, I'm like right clits and some of my friends are like no I want to get fucked and I'm like oh word you yeah, know yeah. so I I think we all prefer different things um I you know started with kind of like a warming you know like plug-in massager that was so loud you know and it was like I I think one time I walked my friend walked into my room and I got like like kind of I was trying to like put things away and I accidentally turned it on and it was so loud (laughs) and it was like old and it was like an Asian brand just like massager like a back massager you know oh god yeah and it was like very aggressive but you know I had some good times with it and at first I was like really embarrassed about it or like you know afraid of it kind of but then I think once I relaxed into enjoying it I really enjoyed it so I like you know I love these like new devices that are kind of like like almost like clit stimulator things I was working for a company called Get Sticks and part of my job was to find different sex positive brands and Love Crave was one of them, Lioness Health was one of them and I follow them and they have great content around masturbation and female pleasure and their sex toys are not only beautiful and discreet. They seem to work great.
1: <laughs> wow. So,
0: yeah, go check Feel them out. Feel free to out. sponsor us. I know. Unsolicited picnic, pick dick, I'm so <laughs>
1: happy to try out some of these items. Yay, so. please, send please send
0: us. Thank you. Yeah, how about you? Like, what is
1: kind of your preferred sex toy? As a Capricorn, I am somebody who uses the same pair of boots. Yeah. Most of the time. Trusty old I use, you know, I use like the same fanny pack, you yeah. know, when I go out. Tell I, me
0: it's a rabbit. Tell me it's a rabbit. <laughs> it is a rabbit. It's a rabbit? It is absolutely oh my- a Oh God. Thank
1: you, Sex in the yeah. City. So much. Yeah. I know. I know. <laughs> I love the rabbit. Um, you know, I just use the vibrator that has rabbit ears on it. Love and it. Then it just has different modes of vibration. Yeah, and um, it it works perfectly. And uh, I think it was only like it was super cheap. It was, was it? It was like thirty five bucks. On Amazon, I don't know if that's considered cheap, but it is definitely that reliable is yeah. and it's waterproof, so you could definitely enjoy it when oh you're taking
0: a bath. My. But use the right lube, totally.
1: Yeah. I, I have a really good time with myself. Wow. I think. I think nowadays, you know, it's like if I'm not you know, having sex with my partner or, you know, I feel freely enjoy it with myself. And also with my relationship with jaw, he's super open about talking about sex. Oh, and, nice. You know, we have conversations afterwards about like what we liked, what we didn't like, what we, new things we want to try. Yeah. And, also, we've been talking about, like, oh, you know, what is it like to, like, watch you with other people? And, ah. like, we're sort of expanding into other territories. Hey! <laughs> and,
0: and he's comfortable with toy usage. Oh, of
1: course. Nice. He's, he would be like, oh, you know, and, and just to be frank, it's like he does, you know, he wants to ha- get his PhD in sexuality. So oh, nice. So a lot of this is also, like, research for <laughs> him. Yes. Oh. And, and, and it just feels nice to finally have somebody to talk to yeah. that, like, doesn't have... like. It's completely safe to discuss it without any form of shame. Yeah, And, you know, we talk about, you know, it's like, I think fat people are fucking hot. You know, he's like, black people think that, you know, like that fat is like a healthy thing, you know? yeah. And with my relationship with him, it's just like so good to sort of deconstruct everything I was talking about. Mm -hmm. That was sort of like a very toxic trait Yes, in how I viewed myself and my body in the sexual space growing up.
0: It's such a world of a difference, you know? And so I guess bringing it back to shame... Same and kind of maybe flipping that. Yeah, you know what are ways? What are what's something you can leave with our goatees on ways that you've developed a healthier relationship with masturbation,
1: baby? If it makes you feel good, mm-hmm. there
0: ain't no way it bad
1: for you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I just say, like with everything, mm-hmm. enjoy in moderation.
0: Ooh, ooh, yes. What about you, BB? Um, I think that it's definitely been a process. Yeah. Um, especially like you know, making time for it and then also like getting more adventurous and listening more to what I like, what I want to watch, what I want to feel. Um, not feeling like I think there was a time like for me, like honestly, sometimes like a good cheesy ass like Rom-com scene will get me going more than like really aggressive like porn. You know, or oh,
1: reading erotica. Baby. Reading
0: erotica. Oh yeah. my god! Oh my god!
1: A throbbing shaft. <laughs> I give
0: that throbbing shaft to me. Thank you. I just had a, an yeah. idea. What we should
1: start an audiobook company that <laughs> that has us read like erotica Just and uh-uh. asmr like, like this oh yeah yeah like my deep husky it.
0: voice Give what it. do you think <laughs> <Jobbing number. laughs> put it into my precious place <laughs> i think oh, there her are jewels, her, her jewels i've heard my wetness what? <laughs> I think there's a subreddit, there's a subreddit about men writing women and there's just like terrible, like, I you know,
1: wanna, oh, wait, 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 wait it's a so second, wait, bad. second, wait a second. I've never read uh, erotica
0: written by male. Yeah. Oh, a lot of them are pseudonyms. A lot of them are like, they are males, but they have pseudonyms as women A lot, a lot of them do, but it's fine. You know, it's cool. I I love erotica. And I do think what's great about living in 2021 is there are a number of companies that do produce erotica, um, audio erotica for women, which is pretty exciting. I need to tap into that. I know, I know. And, and I think like some of the ones I've heard is still like a little like fake and porny but like we're just getting started. Things are gonna get like a little more, you know also, um, to, our taste, tailored
1: just to our taste. To, like, like porn is like such a cheese factor. Like yes. there's something so campy uh, about it as well. So, campy. That's, like, so fun and funny yeah. and like so cheesy with the aerobics 80s music sometimes are oh like really badly performed. Like everyone's Russian and I trying know. to speak English.
0: I like, mean even the amateur stuff sometimes they're just trying to, like, do an impression of porn. Know. You know? And I'm like, no! Just love each other! Just, just hold each, each other. other! I was
1: like, I think I mentioned this on the pod as well, but one day, yeah, I would love to direct Erotica.
0: Ooh. Ooh, yeah. that's right Yeah, I'll make fucking
1: fantasies for our female based oh, audience fuck yeah let's you know? get
0: it let's get it um, but this has been like a really stimulating conversation like
1: I'm super horny right now I'm <laughs> not gonna lie I'm gonna
0: go give you like i don't know 30 minutes alone in the guest room bring yaya in her bed it can be no, like a mother daughter thing no. oh my god
1: fuck it. this freaking porn fantasies i'm like that family stuff needs to stop, stop. It we needs need to, to stop. quit it yeah. enough
0: with the stepbrothers <laughs> enough, enough. enough enough um but yeah this has been a super stimulating conversation i felt like we were pretty hands-on <laughs>
1: All right, and oh. also, it's like if anybody has any stories they want to share with Ooh. us, please also let us know please. at hello at twohornyghosts dot com.
0: We love you guys
1: so, Priska. What time
0: is it? It's time for <laughs> Priska. Go first. Okay. Um, so I have been in my fucking feels for like two weeks because of this book. Mm-hmm. Um, crying in H Mart. It's by, um, Michelle Zahner, who is also Japanese breakfast. She writes about. Basically, what it was like to go back to, um, a Korean supermarket after her mother had passed away. And that's why it's called Crying in H Mart. Her mother passes away from cancer. I'm not spoiling anything. That's kind of the premise of the book, but she does go into detail about their oftentimes complicated relationship and she struggles with identity. She is half, um, half Korean, half white. And so losing her mother, also felt like losing that tether to her cultural heritage, right? I think she says something along the lines of, am I even Korean anymore if I've lost, you know, the person who made me Korean? So all of that is explored. Her mother had cancer. It really was... A bit triggering um, for me just because of what I've been through with my family. A lot of what she went through was almost tit for tat what I went through and I felt like I relived it through her. And she's also a musician and just has such a clear way of writing. But also it is it is quite poetic and straightforward and it, it, there's not an extra word in there. Um, and it's really beautiful. Her descriptions of the food is stunning. Even just her description of the marinated blue crab had me in tears. You know, I'm halfway through the book. Oh yes,
1: and I I am just like I could just see how this resonates so deeply with you, Priska, because yeah. the way she writes reminds me of the way you speak. You know, oh. especially. And I ate so much Korean food <laughs> while reading this book. So
0: yes, it makes you crave Korean food. So be careful. Like your Uber Eats account is definitely going to yeah. be set too high all i'll say is that when i finished the book i cried it's like nothing like really like happens like you know but i cried for about an hour and i was like okay good you know and then i walked into the room and abe was in there and he was like i was like cool i'm good i cried it i cried it all out and then he was like what's wrong and then i broke down crying again and cried for like another hour and a half and then like had to get out of the house for a bit like so it is an emotional book especially for anybody but i think if you have gone through this type of grief trauma like it, it be warned i would just say it's definitely trigger warning material
1: can i also just say that her depiction of her and her mother's relationship is the closest that i identify to my mother that yes! i've ever read
0: agreed in
1: asian american literature
0: so complicated so much love so much duty but so much criticism like when her mom is just always has to criticize something about her appearance right like always she's wearing
1: or like anything i'm like yeah i know this yeah
0: Yeah. but then when her parents did come to her one of her performances and sat politely in the back i was like i was like wow like for all the non-support there is so much support you know um so okay on the flip side of that Great pottery throwdown on HBO Max. (laughs) That took a Um, turn. (laughs) Thanks, Kevin Fong. I know it was like so heavy and like, let's turn it around. It's basically great British bake-off, but like with pottery. So you're going to love it. It's super soothing. Um, Kevin Fong recommended it and he influenced me. I've been officially influenced. So thanks for that, Kevin. And yeah, those are my two picks.
2: <laughs>
1: oh my God, i missed this. All right. So for my two picks this week, um, I just have to go with legendary on hey. HBO Max. Have you seen this, Priska? No. Oh my God. We have to watch one episode because oh my God. you're just going to fucking live for it. Basically, I'm just so happy to see the underground ballroom culture of <gasps> Voguing come. Yeah. I mean, besides, like, pose was like the forefront. Yes. And then now legendary, they bring out all the houses, the legendary houses. To compete with one another oh my to god get, you know a hundred thousand dollars it has laomi maldonado wonder woman of vogue as a judge and you just learn so much about like basically in the lgbtq community yeah. like transgender were like the lowest on the rung right. back in the day so it's like black and latinx transgender women you know would create these balls and you know and it's just beautiful because pose is sort of like a TV show, yeah, but now you actually get to see oh. like real houses battle
2: amazing and come
1: into the limelight. So, um, I'm obsessed with this show, it is totally underrated. Like, if you haven't checked it out, we well, are currently in season two. And, um, my second pick is, um, this place called Mochi Nut Um, what <laughs> I brought those
0: first,
2: I, <laughs> to today. I have
0: been eating them non stop, like, we had to stop to record. But once we're done recording, I will go back to gorging myself with these mochi donuts.
1: I know. I mean, basically, I was obsessed with this place called Mr. Donut back in Taiwan, which is basically what this is. It's mochi donuts. Oh, my God. It's like cute. You know what I mean? It's like the the glaze is the donut glaze and inside is like soft and cute, and light and fluffy like mochi. And we were just saying
0: they've got to be healthier than a regular donut. And they look like
1: anal beads. (laughs)
0: Nothing wrong with that. No, it makes it
1: more pleasurable. Exactly. Matching
0: our masturbation topic. Exactly. So I am
1: obsessed with Mochina. I think there's three locations in Los Angeles. Please go check it out. Oh,
0: there's so many. That's so fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I love it. Yeah, go Uh, for it. Well, those are our unsolicited dick pics. I mean, (laughs) unsolicited pics. Sorry, I've got dick on the mind, clearly. Um, Roxy, what time is it now? It's time for...
1: (laughs) Let's
0: speak Taiwanese. Okay, Rox, I'm so excited to learn another term and I know everybody is. Teacher, tell me what to do. Oh, okay. Oh, here's an apple. <laughs>
1: Have I been a good student? You've been a great student. Now here's some extra credit.
0: Oh, thank you. Because <laughs> last week's spanking really got me going.
1: Clearly, we need to go watch some uh, <laughs> porn. After I know. This Sorry as for well. our low
0: production value.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but basically, you know, I just wanted to teach um, something to everyone today that just sort of goes along with our theme of the day, and we want to empower everybody to saying how it feels good, mm. right? And then in Mandarin, this we go, oh, how <laughs> shufu.
0: Oh how smooth. Right. Like
1: Shufu is like comfortable, feels good, mm. right? I feel pleasured, right? Oh, I feel good. And then in Taiwanese it's called Wa Jia Song
0: Wa Song Yeah,
1: so wa is me. Wa <inaudible> Yeah, and then jia is so. Jia Song, kui. song kui. Is like comfortable. Ooh, I feel great, you know? I hope
0: you all feel. Wa jia song Ooh,
1: bitch. Li <laughs> <laughs> uh, Wajia Song
0: Kwai. Uh, Wajia
1: Song You have to say it exactly like that, like very breathy at the uh, end as well.
0: Wajia Song kui. Ooh, bitch, stop. I have a lady puddle oh, now, bitches. Like so many lady puddles with a waterfall.
1: Yeah, so. It's a puddle, it's a lake. <laughs> it's you know a, what I'm saying? It's a fucking ravaging wet. River I'm
0: sorry can I kayak down it thank you I know that
1: we're all a little crazy right now but you know hopefully like this has enlightened you I mean it feels so good to be back in the yes. studio with you Priscilla like you have no idea how much I've missed this
0: <laughs> we have quite a few episodes left through the end of the season we're actually gonna end pretty much on our one year anniversary. <gasps> I know. How did we get here? Um, but we have some super fun topics. So we're going to be coming out every Monday. That's not a holiday. Mm-hmm. So be on the lookout. And if you like us, share us with your friends. We really like you. <laughs> and if you like what we're doing and want to support what we're doing, you can hit support us on TwoHorningGoats.com.
1: We have some very exciting stuff Push our button. Up. You know? I, know, I know. I know. Tap it push it Ooh. lock it have yes. it yeah do all of it do all of it give it as, as a combo meal oh thank you uh super size the fries please <laughs> extra ketchup please
0: <laughs> but um this is a long episode because we are just so excited to be back uh we will be sorry back. No, sorry <laughs> sorry, not sorry um we'll be back next week and as always have a horny Goaties. And remember Stay, stay horny. horny!
1: This podcast is hosted by Roxy and Priska, engineered by Abraham Kim and Prisca The Shire Studios Music by Abraham Kim, artwork by Connie N. Please visit us at 2hornygoats.com Have thoughts or questions for us? Email us at hello at twohornygoats.com. See y'all.
2: Okay, bye. Bye. Look at you kids with your vintage music coming through satellites while cruising. You're part of the past, but now you're the future Signals crossing can get confusing It's enough just to make you feel crazy, crazy, crazy Sometimes it's enough just to make you feel crazy dressed up to go nowhere in particular back to work or the coffee shop doesn't matter cause it's enough to be your To you.